podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast ahead of game week nine of the 22-23 Premier League season. Rocco, it's episode 168. Wow. Yeah, 168 episodes of this nonsense. Um, and that was a spoiler. I'm James and I'm joined today by Rocco. Hiya, mate. Hello. Hello. We'll discuss the Villa game and the result. Long pause. Willie Nonto, um, because of his lovely appearance during the break. Orta as well, rumoured to be potentially leaving the club. We'll see. Marsh's comments in the week. And we'll also preview our game against Crystal Palace. Rocco, before we jump in... We decided we'd do a quick fire recap, didn't we? On uh, yes. on, on the events from our month long break. It was yeah. a very it was a very month long 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 break, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, it just dragged on and on and on, didn't it? We were a bit unlucky. I really wanted to play that Forest game. I think we'd have definitely beat them, and the table would have looked so much better. And Man U, I think we could have stuffed them. Uh, <laughs> at least we did have Academy Dreams to watch. That was very well timed, as it happens, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true, actually. Any of the England Schmingland games? God, it was. I mean, I only watched a bit of it, but it was dull, wasn't it? Well, I, yeah, I didn't even watch. I, well, I watched, I recorded the Italy game in case Nyonto came on. The correct pronunciation there is Nyonto, my Italian roots tell me. And so, yeah, when he did come on, obviously I, uh, I wound it back and watched his cameo, but I can't. I literally just can't watch England. I used to be able to watch them when Phillips was playing. It's just just dire, isn't it? I hate it. <laughs> I don't even know if I'll watch the World Cup, to be honest. I probably uh, will. But as, There was an image doing the rounds the other day, and it was um, the Qatar stadiums, if they were to fit into Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is crazy, isn't it? It just goes to show you how much of a, a pump and dump of cash into Qatar it seems to be, let's say. Yeah. Um, Willie Nyonto, as you've pronounced there, you... Mentioned something to me the other day. Your favourite Italian signing that you wanted, Bellotti. What's gone on there? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I thought I'd better have a look and see how he's doing, and then it, it realised uh, or it dawned on me that uh, yeah, we've we've signed his replacement in the Italian national team, which is quite incredible. But I did have a look, and he's he's scored no goals in five Serie A appearances for Roma. Uh, he has scored in Europe one goal in two games which isn't bad but yeah he's not playing for Italy we've got uh, we've signed someone even better quite a funny turn of events I enjoyed seeing um, Willie Nyonto in the flesh warming up in front of me mm. he, he's smaller than Somerville which I didn't think that was possible but he is I've seen it with my own eyes um, it, but he, he's, he's it, he is such a funny shape isn't he he's like a little powerhouse like I, yeah I just can't wait to see him develop I don't know if he will. <laughs> I just can't wait to see him run. I just want to see him in action. Uh, but yeah, he's got a great character. I look forward to seeing him. And you mentioned goal scorers there and Bellotti's lack of. The other side of that, Sinistera. I mean, when I did the prep sheet that we've got in front of me, he'd got more goals per minute than Haaland had this season. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. But then... Haaland had a cracking weekend again, didn't he? So, well, have you worked it out actually? Because he only played forty-seven minutes. Um, <laughs> Haaland played ninety. It might still be pretty close. That's good. I like the idea of that Arsenal scoring in that game, and then we're back on course. 
Mainly we'll talk about the Villa game, uh, which was yesterday now. We're recording the evening after. And I think Gerard described it as coming to Ellen Road to try and frustrate us, which mm. they did annoyingly. Like they 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 frustrated absolutely everyone because everyone was seething. <laughs> you know, yeah. not not just the team, the players, staff, all the fans. Ellen Road was uh, uh, a hot pit last night, let's say. That's what I don't understand because... I can't believe that the tactics are there because he's scared of playing Leeds. I think it it must be, as one of my mates said to me, that you know he's trying to like quieten down the fans. But I mean, Gerard's played hundreds of matches. He's played at Ellen Road loads of times. He's played at Anfield his whole career. Like he must know that doing that's only going to stoke the atmosphere. Like I was thinking it was a little bit subdued before the game, and I was you know a bit worried that the atmosphere might not be that great, but then, you know, they start time-wasting within 90 seconds and, you know, we're, we're absolutely, yeah, like, you know, you know, hot to trot after that. And yeah, it's like, has the complete opposite effect if that is what he's trying to do. Um, ah, it's just yeah. horrible. We'll, we'll come back to that, I suppose, and we'll, we'll try and get some of the individual moments in the game. And, it, you know, it did all start very early on when the ball was kicked away. And I think, you know, everyone said it on social media and chatting in the office as well. Everyone sort of said that, you know, you have to, given a yellow card early if you want to set the tone of of yeah. time wasting and and it is something that referees never seem to get a hold of I don't know whether it's a lack of experience in playing the game is it you know whether it's to do with certain phases of a game I don't know but it's for me it's like it's obvious if you kick a ball away it's it's basically it's in the rules if you kick the ball away it's it's a yellow card you know so yeah. I don't know I don't know why it's been left to any sort of ambiguity with with officials you know on a game by game basis so yeah, exactly. And, and you know, incidents like in the first half where he actually went up to Tyrone Mings and, and warned him, mm. like he, he's literally wasting more time. You know, the ref's wasting more time by doing that if he's not going to book him. Uh, it, and it didn't, obviously, it didn't change anything. It's it's just ludicrous. I, I think it was even earlier than 90 seconds, to be honest, because they got a free kick straight away. And then, you know, the defender was shaping up to take it and he left it to the keeper. So, you know, it wasn't, that kicking the ball away wasn't even the first one they'd done. It, it's just, just embarrassing. There's a, a chap in front of me, I don't know his name, raised a very good point yesterday, actually, and he said he can't understand why we haven't reintroduced ball boys into the stadium because that is something that gets it moving where you throw a ball into a player's hands and and it, it's so true, you know, why 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 haven't we done that? You know, other other teams have, Man, Man City have, and I think for me that did spark a bit of, well, Jesse Marsh is now used to teams coming to Ellen Road. We've had three now that have come to try and frustrate us. So what else do we have to do to to try and win in these situations? And, you know, that's just a little thing that we should probably do. 100%. Yeah, it's a good point. I uh, I, I um, asked Phil Hay on one of his uh, Q&As last season on The <laughs> Athletic, <laughs> uh, like, why on earth don't we have ball boys? I, I just can't get my head around it. And um, at the time, we had about 15 injuries. So someone made a joke about how they're all injured or they're all playing or something. And he got lost, sadly. <laughs> that is annoying. You want to go back to that thread and say, I still haven't got an answer for this, Phil. <laughs> yeah. And there was, um, I think there was a few good performances in there, a few shaky ones. Uh, I thought Tyler Adams was, yeah, every, I think um, Melia came out with Man of the Match through various like online votes and things, and including the official Premier League one. But I thought Tyler Adams, is, he was an unsung hero yesterday. Just He just runs so much. I think he is the epitome of, American sports, you know, where they, you know, like, like they kind of pioneered the way of statistics in sports and it being very like 
more more thought of in terms of science. And he is that, isn't he? He's like very much he's always leading key metrics. And uh, but but I like it about him that he just works his ass off. He's he's so good at just tidying up the mess sometimes. And I think you know, particularly in the second half when we were down to ten men, I thought he did that really well. I, I really like him. And Rocker, I thought, was superb in the first half. I, I really like him. I think maybe there's times where he could do something a bit quicker, but he's definitely touch a class in there. And them two are just, yeah, made to play together. Yeah, I'm surprised about Melly. I didn't know he got man of the match because um, I thought he was shaky apart from his saves. Um, you know, he you know he actually did win us the point really with with his brilliant blocks. But I think that comes so naturally to him. Whereas, like, yeah, we'd never really seen him look so shaky on on crosses. Um, it was a bit of a funny one, and even at his feet as well. I, I yeah, he, he seemed to look a bit unassured, but still came out with the big moments, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's it. I think there was there was other players that I still have big question marks over. I think Christiansen is he's he does some okay things every now and then, but there was a throw in that would just look like one of the wildest foul throw ins I've ever seen. It looked like a under eight had done it. Yeah. And there was that other throw in where he threw it into the middle of the pitch and it opened them up, and then Ollie Watkins is in on goal, and you think, oh god, like and I, you know, and I don't and I don't want to be neggy towards any players but he there's there's times where it felt you know considering he was used or he is used to that kind of system that he didn't know whether to be attacking or or defending and i think at times when we were so compact in the middle and losing the ball in the middle like aronson in particular there was just no width like for us yeah. to, to move out to and it just made me think well like wh- why aren't we using the fullbacks more and I don't know whether that's an instructional thing or whether it's a Christiansen thing I don't know it must be him I mean in the first half I thought he was getting forward quite well but then there was that moment in the second half where like four times the ball went to him from cock and he just gave it straight back every single time even though he was in you know a bit of space is is a funny one I mean I yeah I, I definitely don't want to write him off and funnily enough like when I first saw him I sort of we had a bit of a laugh about it because I, I compared him to Danny Mills but actually he does sort of remind me of of Danny Mills's first season like Mills was crap in that first season he didn't get going you know he lost his place very quickly and and he just didn't look a good player and then he obviously got better and better in the Champions League season and, and was then England's best player at the World Cup 2002 so yeah he needs to have some sort of transformation but he just doesn't look like he's got the confidence at the moment whether he's got the ability I don't know. He, he must do because he was obviously doing great things at Salzburg, you know, in a poor league. But at the same time, you still need to be technically decent to, you know, do the things he was doing. And apparently, had a great game against France midweek. So yeah, maybe he's just just uh, not not settling in. I mean, they do say it's you know, you need to be a certain type of person to play at Ellen Road and and to you know succeed at, at Leeds. Um, hopefully, he's just finding his feet. It's the whole thing that is always said about healthy competition and in that position, there is healthy competition now. And you can only think that Aileen and Christensen sort of pushing each other on because it looks like they've got a good relationship as well, like when he came off. Yeah. That, that that's only a good thing in the long term. I think the opposite side at left back is where there isn't much healthy competition. <laughs> and it's there is, well, you'd call it unhealthy competition because there isn't any. And that that is where I worry because I think as well because I think Furpo Furpo didn't really set the world alight either. Did there's one time where he pinged the ball into midfield, like the middle yeah. of the pitch, and then it, we we're back in trouble again. But 
I don't know. I think I think there's so much focus on it as well because um sorry, all, all the width comes from them overlapping. And that was such a focus in the Bielsa era of our attacks that now when it doesn't operate or work well, it really is noticeable. It's such a strange one to to leave yourself so exposed at left back. I, you know, I, I know we've talked about it before, but you know, even if yeah, however much they believe in Furpo, however good he is in training, you know, the, his performances on the pitch is a huge risk. Like you can't you can't be so confident that he's going to come good and stay fit um, as to as to leave us just with him as the only left back in the whole club it it's madness um but hey he won a couple of headers on, on sunday uh i, th- I think he, I, 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 to be honest i see more promise in furpo than christensen and um bamford he got an appearance as well um his hair's looking long isn't it it is yeah he looked he looked like a knackered dad in his post-match interview <laughs> It's like you can tell no, he's, he's got a young child. I think he's putting it on now because he can't have been that knackered. You know, <laughs> he always comes in so heavy breathing. Uh, he did well. He, he, I mean, he, the way he burst through those two times, it's a shame the second time where he sort of lost control of it a bit. Um, yeah. But he looks he looks dangerous, menacing, confident. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think he has to be back in next game, surely. The, the worrying thing with him is this constant narrative of managing his uh, fitness and you know it makes you feel like he's properly taped together um and god knows what's wrong with him if he's kind of we've got to be that sensitive around him but yeah he does he makes a massive difference right he's uh deceivingly strong i think like mcginn sort of tried to nudge him off the ball and he just stayed firm like really good balance yeah. and, I, and i think i really like that about patrick um because he just he gets himself in positions that no one else in our team ever seems to be able to do it I thought um, I thought Aronson had a, a good game in terms of the right things, in terms of being in the right area of the pitch and then being able to turn. But he just seemed to lose it. I don't like and, and kind of almost not do enough with it once he'd got a good touch on it. And I, again, I don't know whether that's the case of the lack of width that we had and he was under too much pressure. You know, did they just compact the middle of the field? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was quite surprised that like a few people said he had a bad game. I, I definitely don't think he did. I mean, yeah, it didn't really happen for him. He didn't really, yeah, he didn't make stuff happen, I suppose. But he still looks a quality player to me. And you know, I, I didn't think, you know, when he came off the pitch, I would, I was annoyed. I'd have kept him on because you know he can carry the ball and and he is a threat and he seems to have plenty of energy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think people in that, you know, playing that role that he has, you're not, you're not gonna affect every game you know three or four times it's you know I just think his people's expectations might be a bit too high at the moment especially with him being so young he didn't have a stinker by any stretch you know if, if Rodrigo had played like he did yesterday I'd have come away thinking oh Rodrigo did quite well what about Sinistera disappointed <laughs> he was looking good as well he did so much like some really nice things um I thought I thought we were all right in the first half. To be honest, I thought we looked the better team, and and I was obviously I was annoyed at the way the match had gone, but I thought we were doing okay, and he was a big part of that. Oh, it's just so annoying to lose him at halftime, and then and then to lose him obviously for the next game as well. It's yeah, that's that's a blow. He was there was one one moment where he shuffled it past. Uh, is it young at there right back? Actually. I think it was. Yeah, he shuffled it past him and was just so quick getting round him. He had no chance, and he just made me think. Oh yeah, if he, he's got there's something that could come out of him in this game, and then it was Sod's Law that he, he got sent off. Last question on the team itself: Luke Aylin's mask. 
thoughts? Um, yeah, are you sure it wasn't a blindfold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, I mean, he looked rusty to me, but uh, the mask looked he did. good. He did look a bit rusty, didn't he? But he has yeah. been off quite a long time, really, and all of a sudden to step into a Premier League game, it's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously the mask has been designed so that he can see perfectly, I'm sure, and it's comfortable, but I don't know, I still think it could affect somebody. You know, having to play in a mask, it's, yeah, it must feel a bit weird, but... Uh, it just looked weird without a cape, didn't it? <laughs> that's the problem. Just exactly. needed a cape to go with it, of course. That's why it felt stupid. And obviously, like we when we first came into the Villa game, we were talking about um, the time wasting and how frustrating that was. And I wanted to come back to it just mainly because Gerard had said that he wanted to frustrate Leeds. And there was a brilliant moment late on where I assume Ollie Watkins missed because he was missing a lot of <laughs> attempts. He kicked a bottle of water high up into the air, Gerard did, down on the touchline. Got a lot of jeers from the West End, which, <laughs> which was brilliant. It was just made, It was just so ironic and so deserved that he'd come to frustrate us, but ultimately he kind of just frustrated himself because, for me, like everyone says that they dominated possession, which of course they did, and they, they dominated us in the second half. But they could have done so much more. They didn't. They didn't really change up. They carried on doing the same thing against a ten-man team. And and actually, given the creativity in their team, particularly from C- Coutinho, I don't mm. know why they didn't just sort of go all out to try and get us. They they could yeah. have done. And I think the biggest, like I say, the biggest frustration for them is it for me was Gerard and and how he actually set up the team to play. And I had a quick look through Twitter last night. And they were all like laying into Gerard and his his game plan and stuff. So it's beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. And it's true. I mean, look at what happened last season. They came to Ellen Road. There was none of those antics then, was there? They just came and they just played us off the park, absolutely battered us. And I know we're a different team now, but, you know, off the back of doing that to us, why? It just seems so strange. It's such a weird decision by Gerard. Um, and that, you know, I watched Rangers in Europe a few times under him, and he never did that. You know, Rangers were full force. They reminded me of you know Bielsa's Leeds. Really, they were just they were a joy to watch. And then you get that. Like, is that just what the Premier League does to you? It just sucks you into this absolute lifeless crap <laughs> attitude. Who would be your, I was going to say man of the match, but Paul always does it as MVP, doesn't he? Like the yeah. American roots. As it should be. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to give it to Cooper. Um, I think he, he, had a, he had a bit of a shaky start. Like there was a two, I think he did two fairly bad things early doors. But yeah, maybe a bit, bit like Alien, he might have been a bit rusty. But I think he grew into the game. And I saw someone on Twitter say that, you know, Without him leading the defence, we would have lost that game. And I honestly don't think anybody can argue with that. You know, if Cooper wasn't there, I, I do not think we'd have kept a clean sheet. Um, so I'm giving it to Cooper. Yeah, I think that's a good chart. I do think he had a good game. And Cooper always has that shaky start in him, doesn't he? Where he plays a ball and you're like, oh, for God's sake. And But then he, he's got the knack of quickly getting over it. He doesn't dwell on any of that stuff. And then he, oh, yeah. he, he ends up having a good game if we don't, you know, concede a goal as a result of that mistake. I think for me, I'm going to stick with what I said earlier, I think Tyler Adams had a really good game. He was just solid in the middle, particularly when Rocker went off as well and he had, kind of had to own it all himself in that area of the pitch. So yeah, yeah. For, me, for me, it's Tyler Adams. But what I completely about, um... agree with Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, leaving Gellhart out of the whole squad? I didn't even realise that till I got home. <laughs> it's a bit of a mystery that, isn't it? I don't know mm. what to think about it, but... Yeah, I think um, I think it was a mistake in the end. Like 
it, I think he's the person you'd have brought on, you know, to say that we went to three five two, like mm. for it, to, you know, because Somerville came on and not obviously not playing on the wing. Like Gelhart was surely the man for that for that job. So yeah, to have nine subs and not have him on the bench, weird one that. Well, yeah, the question mark for me as well was having someone like Somerville come on. Is you've got that attacking ability because he is really skillful but defensively in that situation you're also weakening yourself aren't you so there's that there's a balance whereas Gelhart is is getting a lot better at pressing I think and yeah. he, he is this I know he's different to Somerville obviously as a comparison but just in terms of that ability to be strong and and defend and I kind of trust him more I yeah and holding on to the ball as well um I think we did yeah, the tactically we did great. You know, the three five two was good. Oh, not three five two, whatever it was, three five one, I suppose. Yeah, um, know what you mean. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a shame that we didn't have Gelhart. That's a yeah. Hope there's not been a a big bust up. No, I doubt it very much. And um, obviously, looking ahead to uh, game week ten and uh, Crystal Palace is our next game this weekend, and he might be back in the squad for that. Head to head wise, we've won thirty seven, drawn eighteen, lost seventeen. Uh, and I had a look, actually. We've not won there <laughs> since gone. Guess the date. I'll tell you. I think I was there. Really? Oh, do, you mean, do you mean in the Premier League or in the altogether? You mean altogether, don't you? I you think looking, it's altogether. Yeah. Uh, 2006? Correct, Rocker. Yeah. <laughs> Great knowledge. In the Premier League, the last time we won there was 1998. And uh, Thomas Brolin was playing for Palace. And Gary Kelly booted the ball in his head and his bandage fell off and it was hilarious. <laughs> um, obviously, we've had a fair fair amount of bad luck with VAR down in Croydon. Um, mm. The one that stands out was obviously during lockdown when Paddy pointed at the ball and was yeah. offside from his pointing. Ridiculous. <laughs> that was um, the worst one, wasn't it? That, after that, the, prob- the worst thing about that, and maybe not the worst, but... Like I had no faith after that when we scored a goal. You know, I was scarred for ages. Like I couldn't celebrate anything because if that could be ruled out, you know, literally anything could. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I tried to have a look through the opposition forums, like Paul mm-hmm. usually does, and he, he normally does find some gems. I could not find a single thing. I couldn't find. <laughs> I could. I couldn't even find a functioning forum that like worked properly. <laughs> Read into that what you will. Mm, no comment. What do you think, anyway? What do you think, chances-wise? Um, I'd like to think we've got... I think we can do them. I think we can win that. I'm, I'm, I feel hopeful. Like, I, it's a funny one. I still, I'm still worried. I'm still worried that we can get dragged down into, into a dogfight, and of course we can. But I do think we've got the makings of a good team, and we've got enough players to cause team problems. And, yeah, I just hope it, hope it comes together against Palace, because, I don't know, apart from Chelsea... Probably hasn't come together like for a for a, like a full proper ninety minutes of you know very good performance. So yeah, let's hope it's Saturday. And I don't think they're anything special. Had a half decent start, haven't they? Uh, well, have they? I think they're probably only a couple of points behind us, but that probably takes them hovering above the drop zone. It sounds horrendously obvious, but we just need a win, no matter what. You know, like in the last season where they were, we were getting wins from not being a good side on the day like Wolves was just sheer doggedness wasn't it and we we managed mm. to get a get a result there and Norwich as well we're kind of like we just no matter how dirty the wins are I think we just need some don't we I know we're yeah. like Marsh and everyone are content uh, oh, sorry they want us to be winning games in our style and imposing our 
his vision on the team, but we just need some wins no matter where they come from. It's the thing, isn't it? Like in that in that first season, um, you know, the first probably four or five months of the season, we weren't doing well, but we were we were getting results every now and again, and and that props you up, you know, so well. You know, if if you don't go three games without winning, you're going to be absolutely fine. And and that was the problem last season was we just went on you know too many runs of of winless uh, games. And then, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, Chelsea's our, our last win now, isn't it? And that does feel like a long time ago. It does feel like we have more in the team to be able to get a win. I know that sounds yeah. ridiculous, not yeah, having Rafinha and, and and Calvin, but it's like it does feel more balanced. I know there's frailties here and there, but you would hope there's enough. I, I, I definitely think so. And the squad is more capable and, you know, there's, there's plenty of cover there. There's people to come on. Yeah, I, I don't think there's... Like, I don't think there's any excuse for Leeds not to target wins in these sorts of games. And and we will. We'll go for it. I, yeah, I, I do. I do feel quite confident. I think I think we do a win and I think it'll come. I think we're good enough to to win, you know, plenty of games this season from what we've seen so far. As you would say, Rocco, we're going to kill him. <laughs> so moving on to fantasy football, we had a right weekend. I mean, wow. it's a- it's always boring when one of your mates tells you about their fantasy team. Like, <laughs> you know, like they'll come up to you like, oh, you got in your fantasy team. Oh, I've got blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not listening, are you? Yeah. Well, that, that's us now. Haaland gave us a massive amount of points. I think we got about 90 points in the end and we've gone up to 66th place. So oh, I, think, Jesus. I think we were 100 odd like last, last time out. So that's, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty pleased with that. Top four, Bielsa Ball, Danny Walton. Uh, pending moderation, Martin Eagleton, Ted Lasso to glory, Sam Carrick, and AC Dead People, Ryan Catterall. Yeah, oh my God, they're all on a disgusting amount of points. So, yeah, if you want to join the Fantasy League team, just uh, there's a link on our website, it's free. Go and do it. That's the uh, end of the adverts. Now we can continue again. Yeah, we can continue now. <laughs> Predictions, Rocco. You asked me if I'd looked at these, and I haven't. I had a quick look. Go on then. We're not doing very well. Well, so we, that, we get, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you get, um, we said that we'd give each other one point if you get the result right, and three points if you get the score right, and then zero for everything else. And yeah, I'm on three, you're on three, and Paul's on two. But despite Paul. Paul, yeah, but despite Paul losing, um, he's actually got us tracking correctly. So he said that we'd have nine points by this stage. I said seven and you said 11. And so Paul's, uh, Paul's bang on the money at the moment. Yeah, no, we are. We, me and you are equidistant from it as well, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to give brag, I was going to give bragging rights then. I was like, uh, <laughs> that math doesn't add up. Goal uh, difference, you win. What yeah. we got down for this week? I, d- I never looked actually what we've got for Palace. Well, me and you have gone for wins. Paul's gone for a draw. So we'll see. Right, that's probably about it. Anything else we need to cover? Oh, I said no, at the start, Marsh's comments. What did I mean by that? Yeah, that I don't know. We've not talked about Victor Orta. Oh, yeah, yeah. we haven't talked. God, this is, what, <laughs> this is why Paul presents usually. <laughs> he can read his notes. Yeah, exactly. Well, Paul knows what he's doing. I don't. <laughs> um, I'll present next week. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Marsh's comments. He says a load of stuff in the press conference. And I agree with it all. And it probably happened or didn't happen. Um, I enjoyed his press conference. I listened to it. I, uh, I think it, I think he's had a, a massive change actually from last season to this season. Like last season, 
I did have a list of uh, grievances with him, um, and this season I just really like I really like him, um, and I think he talks says the right things, talks very well, succinctly. Yeah, good on him. Way There's, to go, Jesse. The square ball uh, interviewed an NFL NFL broadcast presenter. Mm. Um, so I can't remember his name, which is so bad. Mm. I'm really sorry. He was saying that in America they are kind of shoved in front of the press, and it's like they, they kind of get more access to the locker room, and managers in general just have more of a voice over there, and players. So maybe there's some of it differences in culture or sporting culture there in that. You know, he has had a very, very open relationship with the media, whereas here it's a bit like, oh, I don't, I don't want you to be in my face until I want some information. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. not his fault. And uh, yeah, Victor Otta, he's uh, gone for an interview at Chelsea. Well, is that has he actually gone for an interview, or do they want to interview him? Press were reporting that there was they wanted to interview him. He might have gone for an interview. Let's assume he went for. An, let's assume he yeah. went to BHS, bought himself a suit. <laughs> Got himself a little briefcase, went down to Chelsea with an empty briefcase, got nothing in, no notes, just a sandwich. <laughs> and he's uh, he's had his interview and he's like, yeah, don't fancy it. He's come back. Mm, yeah, I won't be happy if he's had an interview, to be honest. Uh, do we get compensation? Do you reckon you have to bid for a sporting director nowadays? I thought you meant, does he get compensation? Do they pay for his train ticket? <laughs> they might do. <laughs> Cover his expenses of that sandwich. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether he would be compensated. Um, to be honest, the the way I saw, saw it the other day was if Orta goes, I think that's a telling sign of what is going to happen in the next year because he, more than anyone, him and Angus Kinnear, know what Andrea Radrazani's plans are. And if they feel like changes is afoot and it's kind of the end of an era of Radrazani going and they've been there for that period, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me that Orta leaving would coincide with that. So I think... It's interesting to see what happens with Arta because we'll get a feel, I think, for what's going to happen at the club in the next 12 to 18 months. Maybe sooner. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point, that. It will be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not, um, I've not been his biggest fan and I've still, again, you know, I've got plenty of grievances with him, but it may be a case of better the devil you know. You know, the next guy comes in, like, who knows what they'll be like. You know, it, it is a... It is a notoriously difficult role. Um, so I think I'm probably happy to just say, you know, like look at the overall picture of where we are from from where we started when he came in and say that he's probably all right. Very fair, Rocco. You are a fair man. <laughs> um, speaking of fair, this has nothing to do with fair. What's your word? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> why, do, why, why have we never planned for this? It's insane. You should have put it on the list. It I is on the should... list. That's what I, think. <laughs> I even reminded myself of it and I've forgotten. Uh, my word is at well, just because I don't feel like we had any chance to say that he's an absolute terrible, terrible referee. <laughs> and um, and that's how I want to end. Word is Croydon. I mentioned Croydon earlier because obviously we're there with uh, playing Crystal Palace. But I have a feeling that the the man from Croydon, born and bred, Luke Aylin, is going to come on with his mask and cape and <laughs> and smash one into the onion sack, uh, and we're going to come home with a victory. So, yeah, will he will he take off his um? He'll t- he'll unfurl his hair and take off his mask in the yeah. celebration. Yeah, definitely. Why not? That'd be great. And then he'll put his underpants over his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> 
right on that note uh yeah thanks for listening and um sorry it's been a bit of a long pause but we're back and we'll we'll see you in another week's time cheers Network.